ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. Appreciate it as always. Much of the first year of this podcast was dedicated to providing some rational arguments against the emotion and the fear that were causing many people to act irrationally, just to complete strangers as well as even their own family members. And I'm not claiming to be smarter or more informed than those emotional people or suggest that they are wrong in making their own decisions. However, I was trying to make the case that many people were being lied to. And because you were being lied to, those lies caused you to yell at complete strangers, disown members of your own family, and it was the lies that completely gaslit you into not seeing the obvious contradictions that are right in front of your face. My most popular episode is number 17, Choose Love Over Fear. It's a quick 10-minute plea for the people to direct their anger towards the ones that lied, not the ones that did not do what you thought they should do. After all, it was the lies that informed your actions. That constant lie that those people who didn't listen to authority were endangering you and your loved ones. The lie so powerful that they convinced many people that they were just 100% correct without having any facts to back up their claims. I mean, they had plenty of lies to back up their claims. But in those lies sat many glaring contradictions that were not removed from their understanding of what was going on. Episode number 10 was an attempt to give people tools to prevent this from happening again. Because, sadly enough, it's coming back. That's right, sports fans. After a brief Ukraine distraction, the COVID narrative is making a comeback. We got new variants, baby. Shit. The very trustworthy WHO has been keeping an eye out and diligently cataloging and making up new subvariants with scary sounding names like Eris. Ah, yes, the Greek goddess of strife and discord. I mean, vaccine sales must be slumping. I don't know. For some reason, people might have figured out that waning really means not working. So maybe we got to ratchet up the fear again and activates people's mass formation to, I don't know, park their newly acquired collective anxiety into a nice and safe narrative of this experimental liability-free therapeutic drug that kills and maims people. That's your best protection for a flu-like illness. Have we learned our lesson? Will we fall for this again and allow mask mandates, vaccine mandates, lockdowns, losing one's job because of your personal decision not to put some novel synthetic solution in your body that is provided by a liability-protected criminal corporation that has no problem trading your health for their bottom line? Will it be okay to think for ourselves this time? Will it be okay for the individual to make the best decision for themselves? Will doing your own research, a.k.a. reading, will that be vilified again? I mean, based on the numbers, that shouldn't happen, but who knows? Will people be able to have the self-awareness necessary to admit that they got it wrong? And again, they were lied to by every arm of the mainstream media and all of the medical experts that were allowed to talk and have a platform to discuss it. So it's not even their fault. I mean, it is, but shit, at least they got an excuse. So just take it. So check this out. This is very interesting. The most recent data provided by the CDC that was updated May 11th, 2023. 
This is the most recent data that they've provided to the public. Check this out. 270 million U.S. citizens, that's over 81% of the U.S. population, got one dose of the mRNA vaccine. 230 million U.S. citizens, just over 69% of the U.S. population, got two doses. So out of the 270 million that got the first dose, only 230 million of them made it back for the second shot to be considered fully vaccinated. 40 million people said no thank you to shot number two. I mean, many were dead, so they couldn't make it. Many had severe adverse reactions, so they couldn't make it. Many got COVID, so what's the point? They didn't go back. Whatever the reason, 40 million people who were totally on board with getting a novel drug, 40 million people who believed that this was safe and effective, 40 million people who thought they were doing what was right for the greater good did not go back for shot number two. And sadly, we don't have any media reporting on why they didn't go back. I mean, it seems like a newsworthy story, but transparency and honesty were never really a part of this from the beginning, so why start now? And it's not like the 40 million people couldn't find where to get one. CVS, Walgreens, they weren't sold out. Shit, we had drive throughs for Christ's sakes. We had like pop-up vaccination sites in fucking parking lots. No shortage of shots. They were available and they were still free. Yet 40 million people did not return for number two. And even more noteworthy was the booster numbers. Okay, 56 million U.S. citizens, which is 17% of the population, got their bivalent booster. That was the flu and the outdated COVID shot for the new variant together in one shot. I mean, holy shit, I swear they're fucking with us. I mean, there's no way the guy who came up with that one was able to keep a straight face while pitching that one. Hey, listen up, everyone. We need a booster strategy. Any ideas? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Bill. What do you got? Well, I'm just spitballing here, sir, but we know people don't care about the efficacy of the flu shot, right? I mean, we tell them right to their face that, hey, we're just guessing on what flu strands are going to be out here anyway. Well, that's correct. So if we start packaging the two shots together and brand them both as a yearly preventative shot, you just take it, no questions asked. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we might just be able to Trojan horse our old ineffective COVID therapeutic in with our currently ineffective flu therapeutic. Sounds good, but the testing and trials with the FDA will take months, Bill. Sir, if I may? Yes, what is it, Scott Gottlieb, former commissioner in the FDA who now currently works at Pfizer? Well, I spoke with my good friend Robert over at the FDA and told him we had trial data from eight mice that showed the bivalent booster is safe and effective. We've done episodes titled Ingredients and Just Say No to These Drugs, highlighting the grueling FDA approval process based on one study with eight mice. Again, according to the CDC, their own website, the link is in the description. Look for yourself. 270 million people got one dose. 230 million people returned for dose two. 56 million people returned a third and fourth time for their bivalent boosters. 40 million people didn't get the second shot. 174 million people didn't get the boosters. So add that up, public school math. That's 210 million people. 78% of our freaking population that finally got to the point where it was okay to think for themselves. So here's a great question for any one of those 210 plus million people that stopped getting their boosters. What is the difference between, say, me, who did his own research at the beginning and chose not to get the shot, and you, who seemingly after several shots and several cases of COVID later, chose not to get any more shots? What's the difference? 
Did any of my dirty, selfish, unvaccinated listeners get a call from anyone in the 210 million group apologizing for years of mistreatment, ridicule, and segregation? The lesson here is everyone has a line that they're not willing to cross. And that should be respected by everyone because it's not your life. It's not your line. And it's not going to be your consequences. You have to deal with them. If 78% of the population is done with COVID, it should be over, right? I mean, we'll see. And if it's not, and the hysteria starts up again, that has to tell you something. You don't need censorship, mandates, coercion, and peer pressure to sell a drug that is safe and that works to protect the person that takes it. Never have I heard of taking a drug to help somebody else. I mean, I guess maybe Viagra, but you see what I mean. Lipitor helps lower your high cholesterol, not your uncle's. Prilosec helps your indigestion, not your grandmother's. Zestril helps your blood pressure, not your neighbor's. Point is, as long as I've been alive, you take prescription drugs, you wear a mask, and you get vaccines for you. Your health and safety, not someone else's. Again, if they work so good, then your mask will protect you. Your vaccine will protect you. You don't need other people to take a risk just for your peace of mind. I mean, there's still censorship around COVID. Should be a giant red flag, in my opinion. Well, we can't stand up to the scrutiny and the questions, so I guess we'll just have to smear you and remove you from the conversation. The FDA just admitted that doctors can prescribe ivermectin for COVID. Okay, I mean, they always could but they risked losing their jobs, getting their medical license pulled if they dared endorse an early treatment that could help people. And do you know why they admitted that? Because you didn't see that on the news, right? They admitted that because they were in court, a court of law. The FDA is currently being sued by numerous doctors over the prescribing of early treatments that were already approved drugs and that were safe and actually helped people. You see, by law, the FDA can't tell them not to do that. So in the courtroom, they have to tell the truth. But in the court of public opinion, the narrative, the profit motive, the mainstream media, they can say whatever the hell they want. They can smear it as a horse wormer. So as we head into flu season and people start to get the flu, you know, either because they're immunocompromised by all the spike protein toxins they kept injecting into their body or because... I don't know, they came in contact with any one of the billion fucking pathogens floating around the world today. As people get infected with mild respiratory illnesses, let's remember the contradictions that were used maliciously against us. Masks work. You know, they prevented the flu, you know. Right, mask use eradicated the flu in 2020, but failed to contain the flu-like COVID-19. Shocking. A vaccinated person can't spread covid well, we had cruise ships, aircraft carriers, everyone's vaccinated, and people still got COVID. A vaccinated person spreads a milder version of COVID. COVID light, if you will. Low-carb COVID. Listen to yourself, mate. You must wear a mask if you're eating in a restaurant or flying in an airplane to prevent the spread of COVID. You may remove your mask once you're at your table. And while you're sitting in your assigned seat on the airplane, you may lower your mask to sip water or eat food. Countless studies have shown COVID transmission is very respectful of mealtime and will not affect you if you're eating or drinking. Also, it's been shown that being seated and obedient to authority helps too. 
You must get this vaccination to participate in certain parts of society because we are testing your compliance and obedience to authority. Think about it. What benefit have the shots displayed? Oh, Nick, it lessened my symptoms. I mean, each time, each time I got COVID, I only had flu-like symptoms for a few days, so it totally worked. So did every other unvaccinated person, and they only got it once, too, because natural immunity is a real thing. We have to censor disinformation for everybody's health and safety. Who decides what is misinformation? Well, we do. The ones telling you to do something. The ones censoring any contradictions and the ones who happen to benefit financially. This shot is safe and effective. Well, we know it's not safe. Okay, because when it was new, how do you even know that? Because it just came out. And we also have two and a half years of real evidence of it being dangerous as fuck died suddenly was not even a term you heard in 2020 or any other year prior to that. Now it's the number one cause of death. I bet you know someone who dropped dead recently, probably a young person. I bet you know someone who has had a turbo cancer diagnosis or a mysterious illness that came out of fucking nowhere. Excess deaths are magnitudes higher than they should be. Not in 2020 when everyone was dying of COVID, but after the safe and effective shots were administered to over 81% of the U.S. population. And this is an actual news story. It's linked in the description, but the headline is, Attention of late has been focused on Omicron subvariant Eris, but the latest COVID variant BA 2.86 is being described as, quote, radically different. Ooh, holy shit, that sounds scary. But wait, read on, because they know you won't, because you're going to walk around, oh, this one's new and radically different. They've already given you the soundbite. But when you actually read on, this is what it says, quote, there is no evidence that it spreads faster or causes more severe illness. But scientists are keeping an eye on the variant that has been found in Denmark, the UK, US, and Israel, end quote. So we're like two sentences in and we got the very sciencey keeping an eye on it. Yeah, I'm sure that's on one of the steps of the scientific method, I believe, is keeping an eye on it. Okay, so there's no evidence it spreads faster or causes more civil illness. All right, cool. Nothing to worry about, but we're still scaring the shit out of you. So this new variant differs from the targeted one by the current vaccines. All right, cool. Well, you don't need to get another shot of the ineffective current vaccines. That's what that's telling you. Back to the story. Quote, in that situation, the trajectory of BA 2.86 doesn't look good right now, given the speed at which new cases are being identified, says Dr. Eric Topol, a genomics expert and director of the Scripps Research Translation Institute in La Jolla, California. The main question, he added, is whether BA 2.86 will turn out to be highly transmissible. Thanks, Dr. Eric, for that super sciency, unassuming quote, it doesn't look good right now. And Wider spread of BA 2.86 would likely cause more illness and death in vulnerable populations, Topol says. No shit, the next line of the story is, quote, But it is too soon to know whether BA 2.86 will cause more severe illness. Pfizer also has said its updated COVID-19 shot showed neutralizing activity against the Eris subvariant in a study conducted on mice. Whew. Few. I mean, another Pfizer study with mice. I mean, God, they take our safety so seriously. I mean, who wouldn't want some neutralizing activity against a virus? 
What in the actual fuck is neutralizing activity? You know what? It doesn't even matter because you know what it doesn't say. You know what the story doesn't say? Pfizer said it's updated COVID-19 shot stops contraction of the ERIS subvariant in a study conducted on human beings. So until it says that, this is just noise designed to scare you. I did what I could in hopes we never have to go through this again. But fair warning, if this happens again, do not be surprised if the tables are turned and the people who were just trying to help you think for yourself, who respected your decisions and just wanted to be left alone from you and your misinformed judgments, don't be surprised if those people who dare think for themselves again disappear from your life quicker than a waning vaccine. It's not worth the mention, the way I feel Oh, I just kinda hope it wasn't real Starting the engine, every single day <laughs> But everywhere I go I couldn't stay It's just a daydream, it's not what it seems Intoxicating Sending you the storm, I spun on my bed.